what we're building at home, right? We're trying to help people like understand there is a blueprint for living longer and being happier throughout that period of time. Cause like, right, life's dirty little secret is the moment you start figuring it out, you get fucking old um, and you lose your energy and you can't go do all the things that your brain and your, your wisdom allows you to do. So if you can shift your perspective to saying like, I am gonna live longer. And because of that, I need to start thinking how about how I live my life differently. You will live and choose your activities very, very differently. G'day, legends, and welcome back to the Epic Table podcast. It's an exciting show because we're covering a topic that I came quietly obsessed with uh, in my undergrad. That's right, this, this long ago. So when I was doing my undergrad, before I did my master's, there was a topic of well-being and health that truly truly was of interest to me and that is all around our hormones particularly the endocrine system you see i was researching a lot and you know, kept looking at a lot of studies and found that there was somewhat of a correlation between how our bodies were out of balance and the performance output we were able to actually attempt to execute so uh at the time i didn't feel there was enough you know, data to really, well, often, to be honest, I thought it was neglected, but what's really exciting is you fast forward, you know, 10 years, and we now have more access to data, uh, and, you know, thank God to technology, and not having to actually go to the doctor or, you know, certain facilities to get it, now we can have at-home test kits, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you, particularly with Saad Alam today, the CEO of Hone. Now, we're going to discuss what Hone is in a second, but... You know, I think it's it's very obvious to say that women are in touch with their bodies and respectfully their hormones better than males. I can say I'm, because I'm a dude and I would say that a lot of my mates don't understand what's going on inside um, hormonally. You know, we can say that because girls for some reason have that female touch but that's not necessarily the case and we can't continue to use that as an excuse. The, the truth is we have this somewhat mask of masculinity that we just don't want to admit to. Uh, so I'm just going to put it out there. How many of you legends, dudes I'm talking about when I say legends because we also have female legends, have actually gone and got their testosterone checked um, and it, most of you probably say no that's totally fine uh, the idea behind this question was to truly understand how much are you uh, you know understand and in tune with your human body which is awesome to, to know and that's why having these kids now is great because understanding your hormonal health can truly understand how other systems are playing their role let's take for example leptin and ghrelin these are the hunger and satiety hormones the ability to know when we are full or are hungry will help determine how our body will uh, obviously want to crave food and then actually digest. And obviously, if they're out of play, out of whack, or not working correctly, that's going to have an effect on our ability to uh, store, digest, and utilize nutrition. That's a really easy one. And I think that's a lot that people can relate to. That's why I use it as an example. But in today, we talk specifically around the, the male uh, endocrine system. Yes, we do talk about the likes of testosterone, cortisol, those other ones. But it's really good because as a whole, it gives us the opportunity to talk openly about the things that we need to look into. So whether you're male, female, or you know, you're just looking to honestly learn more about your health and the effects of our performance through our endocrine system, I'm really excited to discuss today's episode. From it, you'll definitely touch upon those major key hormones, but also understand how just having a simple imbalance can affect your human performance because ultimately that's what we're here to do help you guys understand your human performance quick shout out to uh, a couple of people last week adam you reached out and said that jessamine stanley's amazing podcast despite you know not uh, being a yogi you're actually someone as you said as a functional hybrid athlete 
It was really cool to look inside yourself and understand confidence again after listening to Jessamine. Yes, she's a truly inspiring individual. Same with you, John. You talked about the fact that stereotypes suck. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool. So, yes, if you haven't listened to the episode with Jessamine, oh, please go ahead. And, uh, John, thanks for leaving a review as well. We noted that one as well. Much bunch of you did, actually. So thank you for all of you who have left a review for the Epic Table, wherever you listen to your podcasts as well, team. Quick shout-out, team, to the fact a bunch of you have watched the YouTube episode, episode 5 of our How to Build Muscle on a Plant-Based Diet series. It was the final, the finale. It was really cool for you guys to see if I was able to achieve my goal of gaining 10 pounds of lean muscle in 10 weeks. So if you haven't already, head to my YouTube channel. That will be in the show notes where you can get and have a look at that as well. And if you care about your health as much as we do at the Epic Table, go ahead and subscribe to the channel so we can beat McDonald's. That's the idea, to beat McDonald's in subscribers so we can outdo them in power and voice when it comes to health in the food landscape. Also, legends, on the back of that series, we also released a free ebook on my website of how to build muscle on a plant based diet. Yep, you guessed it. It's a free book, and effectively, inside, it will have everything from understanding the best forms of plant based proteins. We have a full graph on that. We include my five key takeaways, which one of which is how to make tofu sexy. Yes. It can be, and it is awesome. So this book is free. Simply go to danchurchill.com, scroll down one section, and you'll see the ability to have that book sent your way. It is free, as I said. Uh, And also, I can't not give you 20 awesome, delicious recipes for you to use. Now, whether you're looking to be plant-based, looking to put on some muscle, or just want to eat more plants that are high in protein, this book is for you. Feel free to share with your friends. Enjoy. Now, as this podcast episode is around balancing out your hormones, we do talk about the wonderful benefits of adaptogens of Athletic Greens. Now, team, a couple of you have said to me, Athletic Greens is a bit pricey. But before you think about that, let's think about this. Now, this is not a rhetorical question. How many of you have a multivitamin and who also have a prebiotic and a probiotic and a vitamin D sub? and a vitamin C sub, maybe a vitamin or B12. The point is, number one, the thought of opening up all those capsule bottles all at once and popping those pills inside my mouth with some water, that is intimidating. What if I could do it with one scoop? That's right. So the first thing to say is the cost of all those capsules per month would outrageously be more than the cost of athletic greens. The second thing is the time you would save by just having these vegetables, root vegetables, and fruits in this one scoop. So if you want to do yourself a favor, save time and cash every single month, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash epic and you will get yourself that five free travel packs. I'll also send you a year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 for a year and you'll get that monthly subscription to Athletic Greens. So athleticgreens.com forward slash epic and you'll get those two extra goodies along with that monthly subscription. And yes, you can cheers me with your awesome supplementation wins later. As I said earlier, team, we have Saad Alum on the Epic Table today, the CEO of Hone. 
Now, why Hone is awesome is they're treating men's hormone imbalances and low testosterone counts by sending you at-home testing kits, allowing you to you know, get a physician consultation and truly understand your imbalances, which is really, really cool. So understanding your levels and then how to actually adjust them and analyze the data is truly important. So today we're going to dive into all that, understand our hormonal health and help you guys truly unlock your human performance potential. So, sign along my friend, welcome to the Epic Table Podcast. Saad Alam, mate, welcome to the Epic Table Podcast, bro. Dan, I'm so excited to be here, man. I've been a huge fan for years now. Oh, I do appreciate it, man. It's um, it's really cool to see. Like, I I look at what you do. I look at your you know Instagram. Dog's cute as hell, man. By the way, but like the, I think I see across all that. Obviously, hone it as well is is definitely the kind of thing that I tap into and have conversations with people on the weekends. Uh, you know, having drinks with my mates. It's the kind of stuff that I love. That's game breaking, man. So it's really cool to see what you and the team are building, um, both from a service proposition, but more importantly with creating a platform for people to truly understand themselves not just for home but for other areas we'll definitely go into that man but mate if um I, like i think i think one of the big topics i do want to discuss today is is hormones in in males i don't think that this is something that we touch upon enough obviously the endocrine system is in my opinion arguably one of the most underrated and neglected systems within the human body, um, particularly in the health space, dude. And I'm only saying this, I I think I'm preaching to the choir here, obviously, but I found when I was going through uh, being an S&C coach and even into, you know, being a chef, I found that people didn't understand their the impact that the hormones played in their health. And I think that's where, you know, what you were doing is really, really interesting to me, man. So before we tap into the science behind it, I just want to kind of get a a bit of a breakdown on your path and what inspired you to, you know, you know, create this amazing platform, man. So where did, uh, where did Saad get this awesome background of just passion for, I wouldn't say just wearable, like, you know, biohacking. How, where, where'd that come from, dude? I mean, I'll tell you, right, like it actually, right, I grew up as a first generation Pakistani immigrant, right? And so it kind of starts, it kind of starts from just really wanting to fit in as a kid. And I know that th- that this is going to be kind of like a long kind of winding story, but like the reality is, right, came here, brown boy, and the reality is, didn't know how to fit in. All I could do is, was, was, was study really well and, and make sure I get good grades. But the reality is like all kids want to do is be liked by other kids. That's the God's honest truth. Right. And so as a young child growing up, I started playing sports and by playing sports, I realized I don't, not only kind of excelled academically, but like it's really the way I made my friends and it gave me so much damn confidence if I'm being honest. And so basically as I got older, I just kept on playing sports and it just became a huge part of my life of just being obsessively healthy and trying to figure out how to consistently get better every single day. And, you know, I think that, that a large part of my culture was what you got to do in order to be successful is be a doctor. Right. And so I got myself into med school, decided I didn't want to go, but I just wanted to continue giving back as much as I possibly can. And so I ended up going 
and running a large farmer brand, which really taught me that it's not what I wanted to do. And frankly, it's, it made me feel like I was kind of like selling my, my soul to the devil in a certain instance. And, you know, it was a wonderful learning experience. And then uh, I got into to healthcare startups. And then I built another company within education technology that helped kids really improve their critical thinking skills, sold that company. And then, you know, when I turned 35, there are a bunch of problems that started happening. And, and maybe let me even give you some like some background into myself, kind of digging into to being obsessed about health. I've worked out six days a week for the past 25 years of my life. I eat perfectly. I meditate twice a day. I have an infrared sauna in my office behind me. I have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber uh, right next to me. I've got a cold plunge on my patio. Um, I have 40 vials of blood tested every three months. And it's just such a big part of my identity at this point in time, especially turning 40 in the next couple of weeks here. And when I turned 35, a bunch of problems started happening. First one was all of a sudden my energy level started plummeting. Like I was just having trouble getting out of bed. And then all of a sudden my, my mental acuity and my focus decreased. I was having just trouble recalling like simple facts and doing simple mathematical equations in my head. And then I started to gain weight, right? No one loves muffin tops, uh, especially when you're trying to, trying to be your best self. And then all of a sudden, right, libido was gone. And I don't mean like, Dan, I don't mean like kind of gone. I mean, like the plumbing wasn't working. And as you can imagine, if you're in a relationship that makes for some really hard conversations when you can't, you can't perform. Uh, And right. They sound like this. Like my girl would be like, I'd be like, Hey, listen, baby, it's not you. It's me. And she'd be like, that's bullshit. That's the most cliche. I'm like, I swear to you, like something is wrong with me. Mm. And I, I went to my primary care physician, right. And I had like a pretty, pretty good concierge level doc. And I was like, look, something is, is, is really wrong with me at this point in time. And he took a look at my blood work and he literally says, you know what, Saad, there's nothing wrong with you. You are an absolute specimen of health, but, but you know, Middle Eastern men, they start to age a little bit earlier and this could just be the beginning of old age. And then he literally says to me, you know what? I think because you're also a little bit high strung, maybe you have like a lot of millennial existential angst. And wait, can I, I have to make sure I don't swear. And I was like, are you kidding me? You can swear. We can oh, swear. I was we like, tell people to wear that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you fucking serious? No way. Mm. Like that makes, did you just read that in like a Newsweek article and you wanted to use it in one of our consults? Like, no, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like something is dramatically wrong. And I spent the next six months speaking to different physicians, getting different lab work done. And then I met a group of hormone optimization and regenerative physicians. I took a look at that same blood work and they were like, Saad, it's actually really easy what the problem is here, man. They're like, you've got the testosterone level of an 80 year old man. <laughs> and I said, okay, that, that, that's not exciting. But the next thing they said that gave me a ton of comfort is they said a large majority of our patients are actually younger guys like you. And I said, why the hell would that be happening and no one's talking about it? And when you start doing some of the research, what you find is that 40% of men, 40% of men over 35 suffer from hormonal imbalances and low testosterone. And even more interestingly, when you look at our father's generation, they had 25% more testosterone, but 50, 50% more sperm. And so there've been these generational shifts that have been happening over the past three decades that no one has been talking about because it's stigmatized and it's not 
man enough to talk about that you don't feel man enough. And I went on treatment and man, it changed my life. Like literally I went from feeling like I was depressed, which is the opposite of my personality, feeling like my 20 year old self. And after that, I knew exactly what my calling was, which is to help other people. And I don't just say men, because we're also building a product for women as well too, figure out how to, how to feel more confident as they age. Dude, it's so interesting to hear that it's almost like to some degree accepted that, you know, this is what happens when you age. And it's scary that ultimately a lot of people in this position is like, like like anything, if you feel helpless, if you can't act on something that's, you know, to you an issue, uh, that's one of the scariest things. Like it's outside your control and you're, you know, diminishing in, in an area of your life that's pretty valuable to you. So I find it, you know, pretty interesting that, um, you know, you go through different processes to hear that you're accepted as a normal person and actually you're still a specimen. But it is something that happens over time. It's just interesting to hear that there's, to, to this day, like, you know, it's only just recently been, as I said earlier in the introductions, like the, the endocrine system is so often overlooked and both for both males and females. And so, man, I'm really happy to hear that that's a huge turning point for your life because it's obviously been a catalyst in home health and, and how you can now bring the at-home kit to everybody um, to, to, you know, just do within their own confines, which is, which is exciting. So I want to tap into testosterone just quickly for a second. It's probably the most dominant hormone in the male. Um, you know, I guess we won't say most dominant. It's the most talked about uh, male hormone or mo- well, I say male hormone, most dominant hormone referred to in the male counterpart. So, that is something that obviously we talk about, particularly with, in association with libido, you know, your muscle deterioration with uh, inability to, you know, the growth hormone, everything, all that kind of stuff, right? So in your, in, your, in your notes and your discussions and everything, can you just kind of quickly give a background information on the importance of testosterone and why it has an impact on, on aging? Yes. Okay. So, And I'm going to start this off by saying, and I always have to say it, I'm not a physician. I do happen to know a tremendous amount about this. (laughs) Um, As always, I knew knew, knew that was going to be the case, but given the fact that I've heard you talk about it a thousand times and it is definitely a big part of uh, the service you provide, I'm like, yeah, he's going to know. So everyone, you can trust him. Obviously, yes, Saad is not a medical doctor, but you can trust what he's saying right now, given the amount of research him and his team have done. Please proceed, my man. All right. All right. So, So imagine this, right? On... On every one of your cells, you have receptors for testosterone. And so testosterone attaches itself to your cells and it has different biological processes. Now, at the end of the day, the thing that probably matters the most to people is what do those things do and how do they impact you? So the first is it, and this is going to, it gives you virility, right? So it actually makes you feel like, exerting effort to a certain degree is actually pleasurable. It helps you focus. It helps you concentrate. It provides you with bone mineral density. Interestingly, uh, men that have higher testosterone levels have a lower probability of having dementia over the course of the long term. Um, it Men that have high testosterone levels have fewer cardiovascular problems, fewer comorbidities, less diabetes. Um, it, it touches so many different parts of your life. Now, let me give you maybe like a quick 
biology lesson to help you understand how it works. Cause it's very important to understand like how both systems work. So imagine in your head, you have this thing called your pituitary gland, right? And so the pituitary gland is, if you can kind of imagine this, draw a line between your eyes where your nose is, and then draw another line to the base of your skull. And imagine it's kind of sitting in between there uh, about halfway through. And to your pituitary gland, it sends out the signal. It's called luteinizing hormone down to your testes. And then there are these cells in your testes called your Leydig cells that basically produce testosterone and where they respond to that luteinizing hormone. Once you start producing testosterone, it basically flows through your body. Uh, some of it transforms into DHT. Some of it transforms into estrogen. But then it cycles back through. And imagine your pituitary gland is kind of like a it's kind of like a, a, a thermostat in your body. And it can tell how much testosterone, how much estrogen you have in your body. And based upon that, it tells your body, it tells itself to produce more or less LH, which basically tells your testes to produce more or less testosterone. And so what ends up happening is as we get older, a couple things happen. One is those Leydig cells in your testes, they slowly start to shut off. So what that basically means is that from the age of 30 onwards, you start losing the ability to produce one to one and a half percent of testosterone per year. So by the age of 40, you could lose 10 to 15 percent of your ability to naturally produce testosterone. The other thing that's happening, and this is going to sound completely conspiratorial, but when you look at the scientific literature, it basically shows that because of the environment we live in, the the, the, the pesticides, the PCBs, the phthalates, the plastics, a lot of those essentially get into our bodies and they resemble these estrogenic compounds. And those estrogenic compounds tell the hormone regulating center in our brain, that pituitary gland, to actually stop natural production as well too. And so you have on one hand, your, the, the chemicals that we're living in, especially in large cities, they're telling our bodies to set down natural production and your body is actually shutting down natural production naturally a little bit because you, your, your Leydig cells are, sh are shutting off over the course of time. And so generally, as you get a little bit older, your body doesn't have the same testosterone levels it used to when you were younger. And so there are a couple different ways that you can, you can improve that. One is you can take a medication that basically tells that LH signal to amplify itself. And if those Leydig cells in your testes are working, boom, starts working, starts, starts kicking off really well. Dude, this hey, is yeah. like, this is, I love this stuff. It's, uh, I was, as you were saying that, I was going back through all my notes that I've had from my master's degree and like hitting on the notes of like, you know, how every, <laughs> it's like Newton laws, for every action is an opposite reaction. So with endocrine system, for every hormone, there's an opposite hormone and tracking all that. But this is the kind of stuff that I find super interesting to learn about and expose to the community because, you know, it, it's, it's still often seen as a foreign thing. And unfortunately, testosterone is still so related to things around muscle development and growth when there's so many aspects to it and its effects on the human body, both positively and negatively, if it's not managed correctly. So, mate, thank you for thank you for sharing that detailed analysis. If anyone needs more information, we've got going to have a number of different links to respective uh, you know studies around testosterone, particularly elevated and uh, you know decreased amounts and where what you can look at. So it's it's always a great topic to discuss. And and mate, this is what's um I'm, I'm sure that you and the team have kind of explored this. But what's really really cool is as we dive further into it, we can really start to create even like more data around what's actually going on. Um, because I feel 
these studies are done in a controlled environment, but to an extent, they're very hard to kind of come by. And I, I'm assuming, is, are you guys like collecting a lot of data around this and you're just like holding it effectively? So this is actually, I'm, I'm like smiling ear to ear right now because <laughs> it's, it's so interesting when I go out to raise capital for my business, right? People think we're this really fast growing direct to consumer company that's kind of like hens or row. And I'm like, mm. actually, we are, I would say, one of the most sophisticated, and I hate to use this jargon, longitudinal patient measurement systems that's been built for telehealth, period, full stop. Yeah. And so what that basically means is, let me maybe almost like describe the process a little bit of our product, and then I can tell you what kind of data we're collecting. But even more interestingly, I can tell you what the results are. So uh, imagine, right, we send this kid out to your house, you're going to prick your finger, or you're going to give us several drops of blood. We're then going to analyze that at one of our labs for eight different hormones. We're then going to do a 30-minute audio-visual consult between you and a physician. So it's not like one of these three-minute asynchronous kind of like text messaging conversations where you get in, you talk for like 10 or 15 minutes about all the problems you're having. It's like really therapeutic for guys. You have a lot of guys like breaking down actually because they haven't been talking to anyone about this for years. Then it's a, an education on what's happening with your hormones. And then it is a, an education about the, the benefits and the side effects of treatment and which one would be best for you, right? So typical conversations initially go for like 40 minutes, right? And so what's really interesting is before they come into that appointment, a patient is answering all these very specific questions about how they feel, not only physically, but mentally. And so we start to capture information around uh feelings of what I'll call like uh, validated energy and then validated depression questionnaires, interestingly. And then they get medication. And then every 90 days, if they want to stay on medication, because we are the safest clinic out there and very conservative, we ask them to do another at-home blood test followed by another set of questions. And so imagine, right, some guys have been on our product now for two years. We have seven to eight data sets on them to understand where their hormones were and how they were feeling when they started, and then what has happened over the course of time. And what's so interesting about hormones, to your point about every hormone has like an equal and opposite reaction, the moment you start touching one hormone, there are three downstream reactions. So then there are three other hormones you're looking at, maybe two other medications you're putting on. And so now I have one of the most comprehensive data sets around which set of hormone treatments by demographic produce the largest changes. And so what's so incredibly interesting is now I can see for guys that have been treated for a year and a half or two years, on average, their testosterone levels go up 2x. But what's even more interesting is when you dig into that data set, you can see that certain combinations of medications produce higher levels of patient reported improvement. So like the common thought process here is if you provide patients with three different medications that we provide, their testosterone level goes up the highest and they should feel the best because their testosterone level goes up the highest. And what we found is that actually a combination of two medications doesn't take your testosterone level up as high, but your self-reported symptoms of how you feel improve by 24% and your depression levels improve by 30%. Versus with the three medication combo, it's like 17% and like 22% respectively. And so now we can go to our physicians and say, hey, look, we have like real world data to show you that the way that you were treating patients by over prescribing actually isn't the best way to treat them. Let us show you a different way to treat them. And now all of a sudden they're starting to change the way they treat their patients 
we're charging them less money. They have far better outcomes. And like, that's like the real holy grail because as we start adding more medications and more biomarkers, we just have a far richer data set. Far out data is amazing. <laughs> numbers, <laughs> numbers do not lie. I love going crazy. So good. Now I just want to, I want to tap in here just quickly and just create um, a great foundation for listeners. And, and, you know, we are talking a lot about the the male uh, endocrine system, but women, our lovely ladies, you also have testosterone and uh, you may not have as much as males, but you definitely have it as well. And just to, just to set the tone on testosterone for a second, I don't know if I actually established this, so I apologize to my listeners, but if you did not know, uh, you know, the idea behind testosterone is it is released particularly after instances of, say, exercise or resistance training. And the idea of it is to stimulate protein synthesis. So that's the anabolic effect. Uh, it also does something else. It actually inhibits protein degradation. So it's like a you know, anti-catabolic effect. And why that's important is you obviously want to prevent the breakdown of your protein, uh, whether it be utilized for energy, which it can do if you go through from carbs, then to fat, and then eventually have to utilize the energy from proteins, which is not as efficient compared to carbs and uh, as fat. But it is a very important hormone, not just for you know muscle building, but for other areas as well. Um, age, gender, obviously play a role. Um, but uh, ladies, you are also you know you also need your testosterone, which is pretty interesting to talk about. Actually, is you know the libido is is. Um, is something that you you know you sh- you uh, you know showed vulnerability and shared earlier, mate, which is awesome. And I find this is more or less as I'm getting older, <clears throat> I'm finding I'm 32, and I'm finding that a lot of my <laughs> friends are in this space now. Personally, you know, absolutely personally, you can ask Melena. <laughs> this is maybe a bit private, but I'm pretty good right now, right? There's never been an issue right now, but it's it's almost like I'd, I'd like to test. I'd like to get a test right now on my testosterone. And see what it's like in even five years' time, um, because I'd be I'd be interested to see where the cliff really starts to take shape, and also conversely for women as well, and see where where that takes shape as well. So, um, I because I think you know resistance and energy levels um, for protein you know resynthesis is one one thing that's definitely going to be a motivating factor. I think particularly when you get into that bracket of like that thirty four thirty five plus, when you start to consider um, you know you you said it firsthand it's like you start to go well actually i have no libido and you're like that's probably going to be a motivating factor for more people to really check their hormones out i'm assuming is that your sweet spot like 35 plus it's so i'll tell you the average age of a testosterone user in the country is 53 the average age of our user is 39 actually and it's not and it's what it really is we're finding it's because there's an entire generation of people that have been left out of treatment and their hormone levels have been screaming that there's something wrong. And most physicians, God bless them, and they're incredibly busy. They just haven't taken a lot of those guys seriously, right? And so, and, and I'll add something here that's really interesting, right? Most people think that our business is selling people bigger muscles and better sex. But I will tell you, right? It's actually not the principal insight of our business. Most guys that come to us, they basically say things like, I can't get on the ground and play with my kids anymore. Mm. I can't have a real relationship with my partner because I'm not patient enough to listen to them. I can't go to work and get after it and get a promotion so I can earn more money for the people I love. And what they always say is, and this is going to sound like really surface level, but it's actually really, really deep. They say, 
I just wish I could have more energy so I could feel like myself again. And a large majority of the guys coming to us, right? They've been on ED meds. They've been on antidepressants. They've talked to their physicians. And the reality is like, they're willing to pay us, right? And keep in mind, right? This is like a, this is not a cheap service because there's so much blood testing and so much physician involvement. It's like $200 per month. They're at this point in their life where they're like, hey, I don't have another option. And if you can give me my life back, literally, and it costs $200 a month, God bless you. And, and so you have these stories where guys are literally saying like, look, I didn't, I didn't know if I'd be able to go on. And all of a sudden now I feel like my life has turned around. And like the most interesting thing that's people think that medication is like a silver bullet and it's actually bullshit. Medication enables you to live your life so you can actually realize your own potential. And so very often with a lot of these guys, right, they're in like this, 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 almost like gully of their life where they've gained weight, they don't have energy, they've, they have lost their confidence. And what the medication does is it gives you a little bit of momentum. And, and it's so important that what you do with that momentum next is what will create a path for you of being happy or not being happy. And, and so, so much of this is, hey, once you get that momentum, how can we help you do something useful with it? How can we help you change your habits? How can you eat better? How can you change the way your mindset is from kind of like a defeatist mentality to one where you're far more, I would say, like stoic in nature and you just don't let things bother you. And I think that that is like one of the key differentiators here, which is I'm going to hit on something you said before. You start to age gradually. It's kind of like the whole concept of like boiling a frog, which is 32, you feel great. 34, you're maybe slowing down a little bit, but like it's not it's not demonstrable, but it's like a little something, 35, or I would say like 37, you know, it's a, you're waking up just a little bit later. You need a little bit longer to kind of like get back into flow. 42, you're like, I can feel a little bit more. If you don't start taking changes earlier on in your life, what ends up happening is you end up 10 years down the road and you're like, shit, I've completely let myself fall apart. And so much of this is understanding what the real cues are for taking care of yourself. Absolutely, dude. And it's it's kind of um, this is why I get excited to speak to like people like yourself, man. Because these are the kind of conversations that are the same. I'm having I'm having a dinner, right? I'm just like speaking to my mates in our circles, talking about all the forms of different uh, new technology coming out. But ultimately, the whole point of it is not to utilize a quick fix to fix it. It's just ultimately finding and gathering all this information which we now have access to like the everyday individual like you don't have to be a sports scientist anymore you don't have to be have done a phd you now have a pretty accessible um you know you know arguably a little bit less accurate to the higher end stuff but now now you can say it's like this is this is stuff that we can now take ourselves and action it's one thing to actually get this information. It's the other thing to actually use it. People talk to me about like Whoop and Aura and uh, you know, you know, obviously more, more recently, Zoe. It's like learning more about ourselves is amazing, but are you going to actually take steps to, to change or alter that? And that's what's, that's what's exciting because we're seeing the, like, between the ages of 35 plus, you know, particularly in males, you're declining year by year, one to 3% in your testosterone concentration. Like that, that is scary. Like over every single year, you're reducing that much. So mm -hmm. like you put that into account. It's like, what, what factors are at play and what can we do to, 
you know, either slow or c- combat that, but we now have access to this information, which is, which is really, really cool. I find I, um, when I was doing S and C for, for athletes and I still do this today, it's like for me personally, we look at these longer workouts. This is slightly going off topic, but just talking a bit more about testosterone for a second. I just want to share this. I'm very curious to hear, uh, you know, people, this is a rhetorical question, whether, you, you know, driving to work or you're at the gym, how long your workouts are, because there's actually a peak in your, your testosterone release where your hormones are at their highest. And then there's a, a point afterwards, once they hit that peak, obviously starts to degrade and time is a factor. And I remember that my professor was going through a study with us and we found that at 51 minutes across meta-analysis and reports, it is at that point that your, your I guess your hormones start to, degrade, start to diminish in activation um, through uh, exercise. So if you're going to the gym and maybe you do a bit of a warm-up so you probably wouldn't start there, but if you're someone who goes to the gym for like two hours – Yes, you still obviously get some benefits, but the endocrine system is probably very fatigued by the end of that two-hour mark. Now, I'm not saying everyone has two hours. Some people do. But if you're someone who likes to get in, get a workout done within that you know hour window, that 50-minute window, 51 minutes to be specific. I know a lot of you legends are now going to be like, oh, 51 minutes, I'm done. That is scientifically <laughs> to be the most accurate, optimized time based on your performance for your hormone system. I mean, Dan, you know, what's so interesting is like when you, there are those guys that are elite, that elite athletes. And honestly, like younger, when I was in my twenties, a gym workout was two hours, two and a yeah. half hours. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it was like your church, you'd go there, you'd get a, you'd get a pump in, you'd be blasting your music, you'd be caffeinated or yeah. like pre-workout coursing through your veins. And it literally feels like orgasmic to a certain extent, right? Like yeah. you just don't want to give up that feeling. I think that the most interesting thing is that I got, as I've gotten older, I've realized I can actually probably achieve 90% of what I could achieve before with a 45 minute workout. And it, it's, it's a function of intensity, choosing your exercises. And then really at the end of the day, and you probably know this better than anyone, right, man, is like eating right. Like so much of this comes down to what are you putting in your body and the timing of what are you putting in your body? Like, I think that, right, one of the most interesting things I've learned is most people that do that fast or do intermittent fasting, they, they really believe, or I shouldn't say at the beginning, when you feel depleted, you don't want to go to the gym because you feel like you have no carbs. You feel like you have no energy. When the reality is like, right when you feel like you're at your lowest, your body is actually changing its source of fuel and starts to burn ketones. And you're actually stronger at that period of time. And so what I've realized as I've gotten older, if you time when you work out and when you're going to be putting food in your body, you actually have just as great of an impact than going out and like putting as many plates as you can on a bar and just repping out and then getting going for like an hour long run right after. Without a doubt, dude. Without a, without a doubt. I think, we also got smarter and we probably had less time. We've got noticed. We kind of forced that way. But I, <laughs> to our workouts, I remember those, dude. They were fun times. You know, it's when I was at university, didn't have as much uh, 
didn't yeah i was going for a surf and then doing my uni work it was um it was good times <laughs> it was good times nowadays that's some of the best of your life let's be honest like when oh you're without a doubt, without a doubt. After, my, like- my college <laughs> life is different to you know american college life because um, we didn't live on campus but you know i'd get up and go for a surf and go to uni come back do my work um go work in a restaurant, that kind of stuff. It's pretty fun. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're totally right, man. Like I, I, my workouts now, it's like, I again, get it. I get in, get out. Like whether it be one of our center, center fit ones or I program on myself. I did one the other day with a mate, um, but two days ago and we were so hungry afterwards and we got it done in 45 minutes. Just showed mm-hmm. like we really pushed it. I think that's another thing. It's like that testosterone timeline is interesting because it probably coincides with your ability to really push it. And after that, you you probably can't push it as hard. Um, but I, I felt after that, I'm like, whoa. Like even as I'm speaking right now, I'm still hungry. I haven't had a workout this morning and uh, I'm, I'm still hungry from that workout. <laughs> just, <laughs> just shows, just absolutely, just absolutely shows. Um, but mate, this is, this is, uh, we, we, we are, I love how far we're going into this, particularly in the training side of things. Mate, let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about other hormones that, um, you know, particularly you guys see showing up and, and some of the interesting factors around that. Um, because obviously testosterone does play, testosterone does play a major role, but I'm, I'm, I really want my listeners to get a bit of a scope, uh, outside of just the norm. So what else, what else are we looking at? Sorry, the, the, the way I would probably answer this is to your prior point, the endocrine system is something that is greatly overlooked by most people. And I think that most people kind of like focus on what's my blood pressure or what's my cholesterol. And if the two of those are okay, I'm good to go. And the reality is like, if you have high cholesterol and high blood pressure, especially if you're young, it doesn't really impact your life. Like you don't really feel that different unless it's like abnormally high. And so the, I think that part of this is right. Like when we talk to so many of our customers, all everyone would say is, I don't care about my blood pressure for better or for worse. I care about energy. I want to figure out how to have more energy in my life. And so we started spending a lot of time and thinking to ourselves, what are other energy related hormones that are really important? Right. And so one of them is thyroid. So we're, we're, we're now going into thyroid testing and thyroid treatment. The other one is interestingly weight loss, right? Most people think about weight loss and they think about just changing your diet when the reality is doing real medically assisted weight loss. It's so hard. You've got to do multiple labs. You've got to do physician consults every 30 days. And so we're going into weight loss uh, and we are looking at HbA1c, right? Which is kind of like a marker for what your blood sugar levels have been over the course of uh, a prolonged period of time. Um, and then we're looking at things that are, that are really interesting that are kind of on the fringe. Like there are a group of people that have a lot of success from B12 shots, not a hormone necessarily, but um, they tend to get bursts of energy. Then there's also, have, have you been spending any time with like the NAD or NMN kind of compounds? Yeah, man. That's uh, ever since speaking to David Sinclair and learning about Satuans and all that kind of stuff, it's been pretty like, yeah, Elysium, all that kind of stuff is pretty interesting to me. So I, I'm like a diehard NMN and I'd love David Sinclair as well too. Mm. And so there are also, we're going to start doing what we've realized is like, have you ever done NAD intravenously? I've never done it intravenously, no. Okay. So NAD intravenously is arguably like what I would call like one of the most successful 
therapies that you can go through, but the only problem is that it's like $700 an infusion. And so all of a sudden we're starting to look at how can you do NAD using insulin or, or doing uh, microdosing with insulin pens. We're looking at how do you inject glutathione as well too, uh, to help your body kind of clear some of the, some of like the metabolites it's producing. And so we're kind of like holistically starting to think about when someone comes to us, what are the battery of tests that we can run against them? And if it's not just testosterone, how do we create like a very tailored plan that includes diet, fitness, mindset, coaching, along with medications to help really kind of like get them back to the place they used to be. And I think it's a really, really hard and complicated science because, and you probably know this better than anyone, every single person is completely unique. What works for you is not going to be what works for me. And so a large part of this is that you have to be willing to go on a journey and you have to find the right practitioner to do that with. Because very often the first two things you're trying probably are not going to be the things that really help change you. And it's like staying with that for eight, nine, 12 months and figuring out what's the right combination of medicine plus lifestyle habits that's going to finally produce that change, right? And it's, like I said, so much of this is trial and error and you have to be willing to just do the dance. Dude, it is crazy that you just said what you just said based on phrase. It's as if you've been listening to the Epic Table for a couple of years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I um, I love all that. I think you really touched upon two different areas of wellness and space. You got the longevity play, which is definitely um, a lot of the stuff that you guys are definitely helping and assisting with. Like obviously the longevity play with NAD, obviously in general, um, understanding our hormones, helping them helping understand the human body to help our optimize our performance for a longer period of time, better like health span is so important. On the other side, talking about, you know, weight loss, and this is both for males and females. It's very interesting to note the effects of cortisol. And I talk about this all the time. People want to hit the gym and they want to, you know, lose weight and they find themselves after a four week period, they're not doing so. Even though they've been eating right, even though they've been, you know, meticulously following that program. And this is where I was saying that hormones and the endocrine system are so neglected because if you have a stress at home, so say you're stressed from environment at home, you're stressed at work, and then you go to uh, the gym and you also work out, which is putting stress on the body. Like when you go to, when working out, it's stress. It's a stressor. It's a physical stressor, but also has an effect on your hormones. And whenever there's a stress release, you release cortisol the stress hormone. And what's so interesting about that is that directly impedes your body to metabolize fat. And so if you're always having elevated cortisol, so if you're going from the gym to work to home and your whole day is elevated cortisol, it doesn't matter how often you hit the gym. It doesn't matter how much food you are, like how specific you are with your food. You are not going to drop that weight because your hormones are are not allowing you to actually burn the fat that you want to be burning. So this is where I'm always like, well, understanding that, doing, you know, understanding your system, doing the work, doing the blood work or understanding it can be really critical because you may then all of a sudden have to drop one, one day a week of you know, your program or <laughs> find another job or have a very <laughs> nice sit down with, uh, with your, your, your partner at home or get a puppy. I guarantee you getting a puppy, getting Maverick, like I was already like enjoying home life, but Far out, getting a dog is just one of the coolest things ever. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
yeah, anyway, that's just uh, just only my two cents when it comes to providing a way to release and 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 be relaxed. But yeah, so if you're someone who's trying to drop weight or you're you know you've been working out and you haven't got the results you want, but have a think about how your current environment, your day to day, is having an effect uh, on your stress because your if your cortisol levels are consistently elevated then he's definitely going to play a part in impeding that weight loss. And does Hone Health track cortisol as well, mate? So we don't track cortisol yet. It is a, it is a very fast follow. And then the other thing I'll, I'll add too is the one thing that I am neglecting to pay enough attention to is we are going to be doing this for women. Uh, and arguably, right, like on one hand, men are – Men are simple. We're, I mean, we're pretty dense, right? If we're being honest, right? We're like light switches. We're turn this on and off. Women's hormone optimization is far more complex, but the the balancing effect of it is women are so much more in tune with their bodies and they're so much better at telling their physician what they're feeling. Now with men, right? You're basically kind of touching three different hormones. With women, you're touching five to six. And so your your, your point is completely right that cortisol ends up being a really important one. And I think what you're, what you're getting after is that you've got to figure out ways to manage your stress, right? Because at the end of the day, so much of the life that you live, right? There, there, I, I, ha- I have this conversation with my company all the time, right? They, there is two different ways to live life. One, which is you see a bunch of problems in front of you and you freak out and you let your cortisol level rise and you feel like you're always stressed out. The other one is if you just assume that life is actually just not a, nothing but a series of problems, which is like a, a stoic concept, that you basically just realize that there's going to be a problem every day in your life. And when you approach it, rather than getting flustered, you say, okay, what is the solution I need in order to get around this problem? And the moment that you can kind of shift your perspective to approaching problems, which inevitably you have nothing but a series of during your day and your life, which is actually the definition of life, and you can start to... to to kind of like own those problems, your cortisol levels drop dramatically, right? And then the other thing that I would say too to, to, to your listeners, right? If you don't meditate, forget about everything else. Just start meditating. I would say that the single most helpful tool for me in the moments I don't meditate, my girl knows immediately, is <laughs> 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. It took me six months to learn how to get right and I'm still not great at it. I've been doing it for five years. but because of those two things, my cortisol levels, I'm always cool, right and right. My my line of work, we literally work 16, 17 hour days, almost seven days a week. It's nothing but a series of problems. But if you can figure out how to not let stress impact you, you've won so much of the battle, right? And the other part of it, Dan, too, just so we can talk about it, is sleep, right? What so many people don't realize, if you can just figure out how to create a routine before you go to sleep and you sleep better, that'll reduce your cortisol levels dramatically and help you lose that weight that may kind of just be really stubborn. And like the, the way I would say it is, you were talking about your whoop and your aura. I say that with both of them on my hand right now. The single most important piece of information I've gotten from both of those, other than my my, my whoop telling me I'm not really a good athlete anymore, uh, <laughs> is telling me I don't get enough deep sleep. And so it, it, told, it, it made me do a ton of research on how I can improve my deep sleep levels and because I have like a very specific nighttime routine of meditating, melatonin, um, and, and like certain herbal teas, 
my deep sleep number has gone from like 3% of my sleep to like 20% of my sleep. And I actually need far less sleep over the course of the night now because I wake up seven hours of sleep, six and a half hours of sleep feeling absolutely amazing now. That's, that's the beautiful art of actually assessing your information and applying knowledge or applying a, a practical approach to the information you're learning from. Like I, 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 I do question, I'm like, how often do we get these, these, uh, these wearables and these amazing uh, piece of information? How often do we actually use them correctly? Which is not actually using them, but the information to then actually act upon, which is great, man. And sleep is free. It's cheap. And everyone has access to it. It's, uh, yeah, it's something we can all obviously do better. This is, you know, me living in New York City is definitely a tough one given that the environment I'm playing in. But, you know, I've always been pretty big on my sleep. I control the controllable with that for sure. I'm really happy to hear that the 20% is, uh, man, that's, that's massive. If you're getting that, that's huge. Like you should be, just how's the libido now, man, after 20%? You're pretty good? I'd like to think I'm a beast in the bedroom. <laughs> I just got, I just got the catchphrase. This is so good. Oh, this is great. Two dudes just talking, everyone just listening. But it's, it's so true, though. It really is. Like there is absolutely. I've got to find the study. There's been a link between. Uh, I know it was libido. I can't remember what it was. There was a. Uh, I, I do remember reading it, and I've forgotten. I can't speak openly too much about. It, but it was effectively comparing better sleep with how much uh, you know sex partners had and and it was definitely the, the more sleep you got the better sleep you had over the consistency of this this period of time um, yeah it was it was much more you're much more intimate which is great so uh, sleep wins for everybody and all so we've talked about weight loss talked about you know the uh, the effects of uh, longevity on, on understanding our hormones and ultimately as well as sex so good stuff love how the epic table podcast is broadening man but ultimately this all comes down to just that information learning truly about our hormonal health that endocrine system because you know there's even in women we look at you know progesterone like estrogen everything like there's for every for increasing amounts of estrogen there's decreasing amounts of progesterone and like this is the kind of thing that we have to be truly dialed in about to an extent within ourselves as you said every individual is an individual bioindividuality is so true so there's no point looking at the person next to you and applying the same knowledge because I guarantee you your hormonal levels alone are going to be different. So, um, mate, like what's, what's actually, what's the scope on women for, for home health? How, how far out are you? So we're probably, I'd say September or October of this year is what we're aiming for. Okay, cool. That's a pretty cool rollout. That's pretty yeah, cool. So it's kind of, what we're going to do is the home brand, um, is really kind of like male focused. And so we're going to build a completely separate brand for women. We're bringing in a completely different chief medical officer. Uh, Cause we, we, and we're, we're doing a ton of research with women as well too, to figure out like, what exactly do you want out of a service like this? Right. Because it's dramatically different than what men want. And frankly, like they need something that is completely catered to, to their needs, just as men need for theirs. Um, and you need to make sure that you are, you are custom tailoring a program that makes it feel like it wasn't an afterthought, but it really is the focus, which is what we're putting a lot of effort into. Yeah, totally. I, to be honest, man, like I, I think when you know, hearing about home health for me was, I don't think, I, I think the access to in, uh, how do I put this? 
I don't think it's as accessible to males uh, as I, I – mean, this is a massive assumption, but just for me, like I don't think enough guys talk about the hormones. Like they really don't. And our lovely ladies obviously have their monthly cycles and so they're probably more apparently talking about it and so they're getting more checkups um, more than guys would. And so I find it, you know, this is what was interesting to me is like, guys don't talk about some of this stuff enough. We don't, we definitely don't talk about libido enough and our de- 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 you know, decreasing testosterone because that's just like, we have this mask of masculinity that we have to be, you know, just constantly having on about, you know, and, um, you know, your story is great because I know a lot of guys have talked about it before, um, you know, but not, not in public in, in, you know, all of them anyway. But I think that's what I, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool because this is a great way for guys to be exposed to a discussion that they should be learning more about. And then for women, you know, it, it's a, another facet to like, you know, double down on. So, mate, I, I just, that's why I've, always, I've been a massive fan of the endocrine system. During my master's degree, I did more papers on the endocrine system probably than um, arguably anything else other than you know, tracking GPS and sports science in, um, in actual uh, you know, sports themselves. But you know, it, it's, it's, such a, it's a big field and I think it's only truly just getting started when it comes to understanding it because I, I think just the average consumer or the average individual doesn't know anything about it. And we have to get these select studies in order for it to do it. So now we have things like home health, which are going to be increasing in their data collection that we can obviously just uh, benefit from then. So obviously we've got the awesome, um, I guess the sister to home health coming up, man. What, what about for you side, mate? What do you got coming up? Anything else? I mean, so we're, we're, we're going to be focused. You'll see in the next probably 60 days, we're going to go into like hardcore energy and longevity medications. Nice. We're going to go into thyroid and weight loss over, I'd say probably the summer ish is when we're going to start launching some of those things. Mm. But the, the thing I think I, I really want to kind of like impress on people, right. Is I think that you and I got, or I'd say people in our generation, the thing they need to start realizing, right is the reality is we're going to live until we're 110 or 120. It's almost like a foregone conclusion. We're living right in the middle of history where age is going to be extended with the technological advances you have. And so if you think about that, and Dan, you mind me asking how old are you? Man, I'm 32. Yeah, you're You're good. That's right. You said you're 32. So you're 32. There is a good probability you're going to have 70 good years of life ahead of you. Forget about the crappy years. 70, 70. And you're 32, right? And so if you, if you actually take stop for a second during your day and think about like, I've got 70 good years to still get after it. And because I'm taking care of myself, I will be able to have more good years for a longer period of time, go chase after more memories, go chase after more locations, see different things in the world. And then you start thinking to yourself, it's almost like being given a gift, right? And that gift is, all of a sudden, if I can f- tell myself to think, it's almost like being 18 years old now with the energy and wisdom of a 32-year-old, and I have this entire life to live and to architect, how would you live it differently? It really kind of like forces you to reframe how you're even approaching a life. And I think that's what's so important is like what we're building at home, right? It isn't a platform that you can get medications on we're trying to help people like understand there is a blueprint for living longer and being happier throughout that period of time. Cause like, right. Like life's dirty little secret is the moment you start figuring it out, you get fucking old. 
um, and you lose your energy and you can't go do all the things that your brain and your, 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 your wisdom allows you to do. And so if you can shift your perspective to saying like, I am going to live longer. And because of that, I need to start thinking how about how I live my life differently. And I'm being given a gift more than anything. You can, you will live and choose your activities very, very differently. And like really at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is have that conversation. And one of the things we just did was, and people said, don't do it by, because it's going to create problems was we took a community, which is where people are having conversations and we literally integrated it into the middle of our product. So people can have very truthful conversations about like, Hey, this is not working for me. And you can have the community come to you and say, well, let me tell you about how it worked for me and maybe how you could do it differently. And I think it's by having those conversations, by changing the narrative around what aging actually is and what life actually is more than anything that you then start to change an entire corpus of, of, of thought, uh, to, to kind of like people understand like how probably you approach life a little bit more or how I approach life. Right. And it's interesting because when you open yourself up to the possibilities, it's almost like you go through like this enlightenment of sort. And I don't mean to get like too meta here, but once you realize the gift that you're given, you're like, Holy shit, I'm going to, to operate completely differently now. Yeah, man. The, the, the most exciting thing, as you said, is like, we no longer have to be, um, wearing a lab coat to understand our the quantitative numbers behind our health. I think that's what's so exciting to me as these conversations continue to progress and technology improves, we are bringing it to, you know, the, we're bringing it to the doorsteps of people so we can truly understand ourselves even better. We're no longer having to guess the foods that we should be eating. And which is, which is another thing with hormones. Like you, you talk about thyroid and obviously understanding, um, you know, people have issues with, their thyroid and how food can play a part of that. But understanding where the issues lie then, you know, provides you with the influence and the motivation to source how to remedy it. But without the information, we, you're not as motivated. But now we have that and it's getting better. So I think, as you said, man, we're now – the people like you and I who are probably on the extreme scale of looking after health one, once upon a time, it's becoming way more acceptable because it's becoming more um, ac- ac- acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's so more – everyone can do it. <laughs> it's, it's really becoming that way. So, um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for Hone Health. I'm pumped for the sister of Hone Health. And um, obviously for you, man, for, for you leading a life that you talk about, which is always something that we – the genuity behind that is so important to us, but I definitely know that listeners of the Epic Table who love this human performance aspect to learn more about themselves through information that's going on out there, it's um, it's it's definitely going to be an exciting one for them. So, man, when where's the best way to reach out to you, follow you? Is it uh, Instagram, mate? You can find me on Instagram, um, Msad Alam. I'm sure you guys you can put that in the show notes. It's- yep. And then also, if you guys want to buy a, a kit at a, at a slight discount here, you can go to Hone Health, that's H-O-N-E health.com uh, forward slash SAD, that's S-A-A-D. Uh, and honestly, just go ahead and like send me an email. It's salam at honehealth.com, S-A-L-A-M at honehealth.com. Epic, dude. Well, SAD, my dude, um, mate, I, I can't believe we're one river away from each other, so you got to bring the team into to Charlie Street or I've got to bring the Super 73 out and visit you out in New Jersey. Um, but man, it's it's been a pleasure connecting today and 
I look forward to many more, man. I look for I can see us on a panel someday with the likes of Will Ahmed and even uh, former CEO Harpreet Rai of, uh, of of Aura. So, like you know, this this world is exciting, man. But uh, I just thank you for having the time to spend it with us today. Same here, man. Listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you're doing, and uh, I have a feeling this will be the beginning of a, of a friendship. So I look forward to it, man. Absolutely, bro. Cheers, my man.